quarantine Q&A to get up to date with all of our dreamers, doers, and achievers. Enjoy this episode. So there's really two phases of any business. There's the building value phase, and there's the selling phase. Start your business now. Form your company now. Create your business plan now. Establish your entity now. Start making investor list now. If you want to be proactive, like this is this is your golden moment. You know, if you have this subconscious thought that like you'll never be fit or you'll never be rich or you'll never be passionate about life, if you're following that subconscious loop, you're never going to get it. What's up? What's going on? We made it. Yeah, we're here. So good to see you. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. And, and the, your hair's looking all right. Are you are you cutting your hair back there? Yeah, yeah. My uh, we're actually an at home barber. My my mother's helping me out. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not a hat guy, but I've become a hat guy because of all this. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I like yeah. the Velaco too. Thank you, thank you. you. Got to yeah. rep, right? Yeah, exactly. How uh, you're at home home right now? Everything. I'm in my apartment yeah. in the city. Uh, yeah, I, I've been here, uh, since everything started. Uh, my parents are out on Long Island though. So I went out there last weekend for the first time since this all started just to kind of give them a wave really quick, but it's, yeah. it's a strange time. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, talking about that, I think don't need to harp on the time we're in, but I want to talk about like how you are and how you are doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Up, and, uh, <laughs> I'm no longer really the featured guest. Jovi is. She uh, she she feels the need to be on pretty much every call that I've had since March. So, I love it. <laughs> How are you guys doing at the apartment? Everything, everyone's healthy. That you everything know. is good. Yeah, yeah. No, every everything's good. Can't complain. Um, good. You know, there, there's definitely, and we'll dive into it. I, I, there's a lot of upside to be found through all this too. So, um, exactly. You know. Yeah, I want to ask about, talking about the upside, how have you been finding different ways for creativity, whether it be like with writing or other stuff you're doing, um, besides just like work itself? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's all about goal setting and and not to sound cliche, because it's not like this started and I pulled out a piece of paper and started writing down all my goals or anything like that. But immediately when I started to sense that we were kind of in for something different, I knew that I had to challenge myself and I had to do something uh, different. So for instance, for me, I challenged myself to run every single day and I've run every single day since this started. And then that kind of took a next leap into, all right, I'm going to run 100 miles during the month of April. Um, and now we've got six days left and I'm 85 miles in. So it's, it, it's stuff like that. Uh, from both a personal perspective, as well as a professional perspective, where immediately one of the things that I've been kind of drawn into since um, I was young, and, and one of the themes that I harp on in the book is there's just so much opportunity to be found in moments of, of distress. And so one of the things that I um, would, I don't like to say take pride in, but for lack of a better expression, take pride in is I feel like I'm equipped to handle a downward scenario. And and so like, mm. I've seen some pretty bad stuff in my personal life, right? Like, exactly, exactly. It, you know, like I'm, a, I'm equipped for, for this yeah. kind of situation um, as the headlines painted at least. Yeah, no, that, I think that's perfectly said because you've taken so many, uh, like the feeds are, are been through so many bumps that 
this like bigger bump is uh it you've been you've been around the ring before and i think there's like it's very uh stoic but there's often times when things are going good they say like have the practices where like you sleep on the ground at times or like you don't eat for a day just so you can get used to not having a lot and i think that contributes to like these times because you're Absolutely. just going to continue to roll through yeah was Absolutely. there ever like a was there ever a hiccup for you or was it just like i'm no, I mean, I, I, truth be told, um, the first day this started, I had a call with my boss. And I, you know, this is not my personality because, you know, I never forecasted anything no, that this was going to happen. But I knew immediately how I was going to handle it. And I, I called my boss and he was giving, you know, one of those check-in calls to make sure everybody's all right and like, you know, surviving through what's going on. And I was like, Dave, his name's Dave. I go, Dave, listen, honestly, this is when I shine. I go, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be your top salesperson uh, for the next, you know, whatever period it is that we're yeah. kind of stuck in this because, you know, honestly, I just find ways to position opportunity, even for clients in this kind of climate. Um, and it all starts with being relatable. It all starts with the approach of um, what do you need right now? What can we be doing to help you? Um, and, you know, the, the, the phrases go in with the, the, empathy first attitude, um, you know, in terms of understanding that I'm not in this alone, you're not in this alone. Uh, but there are certain things that bring us together, whether it's the anxiety of perhaps feeling lonely in, an, in, a, in a moment like this, if you're by yourself, or yeah. uh, perhaps feeling like um, you can't execute as well as you do around other people, um, setting goals, all sorts of things. And for me, like, I, it just it was so natural to me and that, yeah. was, that was the good part of it yeah i love that you said that because when we had someone else on the other day his name's sean patel and he talked mm -hmm. about this time as like a value it's a time to give value to others where like after this you can start to actually sell people but with you with you said you still have to maintain clients and going at it with uh, an equal playing field i actually kind of want to get into that though like can yeah, you no, talk about Yep, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. Sean's absolutely right. The one thing that people need to take away from this is if there's ever a time in any of our lifetimes where you can build goodwill, it's now. Like, mm -hmm. whether it's with relationships, whether it's with clients, now. Yeah. Like, yeah. call the people that need to hear from you, whether it's from a personal perspective or a professional perspective, and make it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that a lot. And how is... How has that been for you? I know, obviously, on a professional level, it's all good. But have you been doing the exact same thing on like a self relationship level? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I tell people all the time that, um, especially when it comes to you take certain things for granted, especially around like family. Like I I've love my family. And I've always had a good relationship with my family before any of this started. But yeah, you know, the amount of attention that I'm paying during these FaceTime calls now with my mom, um it, you know i'm zoned in like i, I mm. i'm 100 percent present yeah. present paying attention interested and it's not like i wasn't interested before but you know that's one of the benefits of this now is that um i don't take it for granted anymore and i look forward mm. to those facetimes or before it was like I'll, I'll call her later or it can't be that important <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. it's it's like a huge perspective shift yeah. That's that was a click for me the other day. It was just like major perspective shift with certain like routines and habits. Um, 
I was going to ask, did you have any upcoming races and stuff this year planned or no? Yeah, so I was supposed to run the New York City half, which got canceled. Um, mm -hmm. And then I don't think I had, I didn't sign up formally. I mean, I was talking about doing other races, but I didn't sign up formally. My next formal race that I'm signed up for is in September. I am going to run the New York City Marathon again, pending everything is um, on for this year. That's my plan. Uh, but, you know, even from a training perspective, I mean, this has kind of been a blessing. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, zoned in. I, got, I got more time, so I'm zoned in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the gym is outside for you for the most part, so you don't have to worry about going somewhere. Yeah, I mean, the one, the one aspect is, is maybe like the strength part of things. I was working with a trainer before all this started. Um, and so um, that part I've been working on my own, but I've been bringing it down to basics, focusing on my calisthenics, knocking out 200 push-ups a day. Like, like it's Bible wow. for me. Like I, I have to do that. Like the, the things that I've been consistent with is 200 push-ups and at least an average of three miles per day, uh, just to kind of, you know, baseline it. Anything above that is great, but, uh, that's, that's where I'm setting the baseline. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's what you talked about with the goal setting. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this, the cool thing about this as well, I didn't mention is it, it's going to be archived and we're going to throw it up everywhere on all the social platforms. Um, right. yeah. So go back and look at all this, but the other thing I was going to ask as well, as I know we talked about a, a couple of things with like gratitude, perspective, being present. Has there been any glaringly clear lessons for you during this time? Or just like yeah. observing things? Yeah. Um, the number one glaring lesson that kind of came out at me and came at me pretty strong is that it's important to realize people handle this a lot differently, right? Like mm -hmm. I consider myself to be one of the outliers like for instance when when the whole work from home thing started and everybody started working from home the sentiment from a lot of people was i can't wait to be back in the office and the sentiment for me was like this is great this is when i'm gonna shine right and so yeah. like it took me a while to kind of understand and come to grips with the fact that you know you have to sympathize with people who see things differently and you have to mm -hmm. sympathize and understand that certain people um, thrive in different atmospheres. And this is a disruptive in atmosphere, but I, you know, I'm not trying to discount that at all. Yeah. But not everybody shares the same mindset of disruption means opportunity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. There was one thought in my head. Oh, so it's funny that all this transpired and, and you're looking at this scenario the way you're looking at it, because I often said like two years ago, I was like 2020, 2020, can't wait for 2020. And it approaches and all this happens. And I'm just like, perfect timing. Like, thank you. Cause it's just, you know, that after this, there's going to be extreme growth and like, you've been through it, you know, leukemia at a young age, running half Ironman, like you, you go through these painful periods and then after it's just resilience and, and growth. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, you know, pain precedes growth. And, and I always say, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the, the fall always precedes the rise and um i i am one of those people who's hopeful that you know when this is all said and done um as a society we we learn a lot of lessons we move forward in a positive way um yeah. and it's not just about you know one element or two elements no it's about the whole world kind of picking up on on you know things that uh now we have more time to address yeah yeah and 
I, I didn't, I think since last time we talked, it, it's been a little bit, but you, before we, or when we had the podcast, you were going to release your book fairly soon. Like how did, I didn't get to actually ask you, like, I know we talked a lot, but how did that process go and how has it been? How are the, like, I'm sure people can really use the bookstore in this time as well. Yeah, no, um, thanks for asking. Yeah, so uh, the book was officially published in September. Um, and, you know, when I wrote it, uh, it was, and we talked about this in the podcast, I think it was my first foray into writing. I wasn't a writer, I had no literary background. I Googled how to write a book. Um, and uh, after it was published in, in September, to my surprise, it did a lot better. I mean, my expectations were fairly low, so it's not like I had high expectations. Yeah. But in terms of sales, it, it did much better than I had ever anticipated. So mm -hmm. I sat on it for, for another month or so, and I um, decided to take a leap in the sense that um, I calculated whether or not it would be worth to hire a publicist. And it was, it was, that was crazy for me. Like, even the words or the thought of it was yeah, something wild. How does that exactly work? Because you can keep going, but I yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually didn't know how it worked either. And what <laughs> I did was I, I reached out to a friend who um, was a, you know, a celebrity of sorts. And I, I asked her, I was like, do you have any recommendations? And, and she did. She made a recommendation for me. And uh, as you can imagine, in New York, the market for a publicist uh, is pretty crazy. Um, and yeah. I didn't know that, similar to how I didn't know anything around, you know, writing the book. And I just kind of put my business shoes on, did some negotiating, uh, got it to a rate that I'm not going to say I was comfortable with, but that I was willing to kind of take a stab at. And yeah, um, and, yeah. and then I, I just basically gambled on myself um, for um, six months from like, well, five months, maybe from October to March. And then once COVID happened, um, you know, I, I had a very uh, transparent and, and the, the publicist was also very transparent around the fact like, hey, like right now we just don't know things are slowing down. And especially because a lot of what I did was events based and, and, and yeah, you know, yeah. in person, um, it, it wasn't necessarily going to gen generate the opportunities that we were seeing prior to that. But the biggest part of it wasn't necessarily like the scoping out how to get a publicist or the price shopping. That stuff was all new and different at the time. Mm -hmm. But really it was the whole like, like, when am I ever going to get a chance to invest in myself in this way, right? And it, it is a significant investment in terms of time, money, resources, yeah. um, and considerations. And at the end of the day, if you ever hire a publicist or a representative or anything like that, you know, there are some that are really good out there. But even the best publicists out there, you have to do your part, right? And you need to make sure that you're controlling your messaging and that you own um, the, the, the information that's going out there about you and and so you're not off the hook when you hire a publicist. You still have to do work and, and kind of get your side done. Yeah, because, well, that's like all, uh, for one, awesome and like interesting. But I want to dive deeper too, because say, for example, you know, I, I even know people who like really want to write books, but mm -hmm. the, not only it's like one, the sometimes there's a fear of actually doing it because it's a daunting thing, like writing a book, but then also yeah. like the process to doing it. So what's like the step-by-step -step and like, can you talk about the role that, like, how does the publisher, publicist actually work? Yeah. Um, so for me, um, one of the things that I learned very early on in the book writing process um, was that if you're in the book writing process to make money, uh, it's not about book sales, 
book sales are actually like pocket change where where you make money as an author is really more from speaking and so when i originally wrote break barriers there was no like my objective was never money it wasn't like i'm writing break barriers that's it i'm gonna make a ton of money and retire i didn't think anyone was gonna buy my book to be completely honest yeah. talking about that. <laughs> but then when i started to see that uh sales were coming in uh i decided to think it be like through a little bit further and talk about or, or and think further excuse me about what the objective of the message was and the message was uh you know to help readers channel the mindset to overcome different obstacles and ultimately i thought to myself well you know there's really no better way to do that than in person and there's no better way to do that than to kind of practice what i preach and, and show it to an audience etc and so that helped me you know become more comfortable with taking that next step and and yeah. hiring a publicist and when i hired the publicist you know that's another element of it you can hire a publicist and you need to direct them around um, what your objective is from a business perspective. Yeah, my objective. They yep. they can they control. What do they control? Like the editing and obviously like the distribution and messaging of it, or no? What they they're kind of like your representation for like getting you uh, marketing opportunities and speaking engagements got and it, like, got it. Okay, controlling okay. your social following, etc. So I, I had told them straight up, I was like, listen, I don't care how many Twitter followers I have. In fact, I'm not even looking for Twitter followers or Instagram followers. I go, what I want you to do is help me build um, legitimate partnerships with brands that can help me push forward this message in a meaningful way. Um, and, you know, from a business perspective, let's build a speaking platform. Let's see what kind of companies would be interested in engaging in this kind of material. And let's build that platform out. So that was my objective when I hired the publicist. Got it. Yeah. It's funny because before we talked about perspective shifts, like once you did that, it, it seemed like the process was relatively easier, which is pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, it, it it's a mix, right? It's a calculated risk. The process does become a little easier, but you're investing more. So you need to think about like how calculated is this risk? Like how much work are you willing to put in to hire that help? And then how much work are you willing to do when you get that help? Yeah. 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 And it's cool too, because you uh, you got a couple of speaking engagements and I'm hoping with things, has anything been virtual so far? I feel like that's going to sort of take off when things even go back to the way they used to. Yeah. So it's interesting you say that is because <laughs> there was so much uncertainty around what was happening at first uh, that we held off. But now like as mm. of this week, like the meetings are, all right, where can we get booked virtually? Cause we, you yeah. know, um, we didn't know how long this was going to last. Um, and we didn't know what the appetite was going to be like. But now, like, I'm, I'm taking my shot at different angles and, and going about it in different ways, trying to see what opportunities we can get, even from a virtual perspective. Nice. That's great. Yeah, you got you to gotta adjust during this time. Absolutely. The constant, you know that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so we t I want to do a quick update on the – just to know your, your goals as well. So we talked about the – career thing i know you're going to be the, the best salesman during this time you're uh we talked about the races being on a halt are there any like bigger goals you set because you've reached like you reached the one with releasing the book but is there like readjusted goals obviously at this time yeah i mean in in the short term uh that 100 mile a month goal that's what yeah, i'm going for right almost now there. <laughs> so almost there right now uh working on that. Um, and then, um, you know, I think from a, a grander perspective, um, it's not necessarily more 
I wouldn't call it a goal. It's it's really been a learning period for me right now around the Break Barriers uh, brand because when March came around and when this first started, I took a step back. I was like, hey, man, no one wants to listen to you talk right now. Like, what are you doing putting this material out? Everybody's more concerned about what's going on in the world, et cetera. And it was only within the last, like, week or two that I started to kind of become more and more comfortable with, hey, my message can sync up with what's going on right now. And I can figure out a way to draw a synergy between the two. Um, and so that's been uh, the, the new focus. So I wouldn't call it more of a goal. It's more adapting to the new environment and learning where I can find pockets of opportunity um, for, for the Break Barriers brand. Yeah, th there was a little lull and that makes sense, but it feels like the, the meta, like overall feeling in the world is like what you just said. And it's, I saw we've been uh, doing on LinkedIn as well, like showing that the message is useful. How did, how was that? I want to get into delve into yeah. the actual click in your head. Like how, how did that process work where you're like, this is my story. I already know that. Like, I really want to help people. How did you work through that? So immediately when this all started, um, I knew that, it, that the messaging could not, be about me like I, I knew that 100% even though the break barrier story is about me I knew the messaging couldn't be about me so um, fortunately I, I work for Salesforce and Salesforce is an extremely philanthropic company they have a lot of charitable initiatives and uh, at the very essence of the, like the core business is giving back and it's just a big part of like what the CEO preaches etc and uh, the good thing about the company is there's a lot of open access. So like I was able to access the C-suite pretty easily and shoot a note and say, Hey, like, what can I do to help? Like, can I donate proceeds of book sales? And I knew they had a ton of uh, charitable partnerships and the chief philanthropic officer uh, actually reached out and she said, Hey, like these are some of the companies that we work with in New York city harvest being one of them. And so from, from my perspective, I said, all right, now this works, right? Like my message is getting out there. Um, it's going out there for a good cause. And um, City Harvest is going to benefit out of this. I, I didn't see a single dollar from any of the book sales that came about during that period. Uh, mm. But it kept the message alive in a period when perhaps I would have kind of hit under the radar or, or kept it dead or, or not talked about it out of fear of being insensitive. Got it. Well, yeah, that it it's at that point then it's okay because you did it out of not wanting to be selfish in a way yeah you know yeah that's that's really cool it shows your humility but uh it shows too as you take a step back things line up and i think yeah that's the, the world is that. <laughs> yeah i mean there there's always like a i i think i think it's in from a business perspective it's always important to kind of know when to take that step back and there are periods of times where you can be full pedal to the metal around like pushing your product for sales, but then there could be time where you could be full pedal to the metal, pushing your product for exposure. And right now I, I think the objective is more so exposure around, Hey, like you, you might be uh, encountering different obstacles in your life at this point in time. Here's a tool um, in a book that might help you kind of channel the mindset mm -hmm. to overcome. Um, and in, in the process of that, if you buy the book right now, you know, know that it, it's going to a good cause. Um, and, and so that's basically how I, how I approached it. Mm. Yeah. I was also thinking as well, have you thought about making 
like eventually when this is over, making content around or from the book and putting it out. I know Ray Dalio does a good job where he has this massive book and there's sections in it and he just continually posts about it. Have you thought about doing that to like just continually spread the message on social? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I definitely mm. think about doing that in terms of taking excerpts from the book and, and really yeah. honing in on um, certain certain chapters, certain elements. Um, I personally, I, I need a push sometimes. Like, and this is where I get help from people like my publicist because uh, I, sometimes I feel vain doing that in, in the sense that I'm just talking about myself and I need that extra push from a third party that says, no, well, if you position it this way, it'll it'll impact the broader audience. Um, and so was it, I, I know your cousin introduced me to the third door. Were you the one that introduced it to him? Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. So Alex Banyan, the author of The Third Door, uh, that was the last book that I read before I wrote Break Barriers. And it got me really like, sorry, before I published Break Barriers. So I wrote, okay. read it while I was writing it. But it really fired me up uh, because I really liked the way that he put the story together. And, and I liked his story as a whole in general. Um, and, and I remember in his book, even he talks about the fact that he didn't know how to get a publicist and he, you know, he got rejected about 30 times before he, you know, he finally got his shot. Um, and it was just what I needed to read right before I, uh, published, but I bring that up because he also does a good job of like reminding his audience of like certain segments of the book and the messaging that he has put forth. Since yeah, publishing. that's true. Yeah, that's very, that's very true. I do see him posting about certain excerpts that are relevant yeah yeah that's yeah that that makes sense it's cool to get the the full context behind it because i remember getting tagged uh when you were like reading it on your stories but it's like it's cool to see how impactful that was yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah i mean i in in terms of goals like talking about aspirations i see that same thing playing out in terms of speaking um engagements like he he's done an amazing job with yeah. speaking at these big places and you know, it's cool to see grow, you know, grow with Google was a big opportunity. Hopefully more things like that come. Yeah, no, uh, grow with Google was a super cool opportunity. I actually um, got that opportunity through the Wolico family. Uh, one of the members uh, works for Grow with Google and she was setting up events for other people and she asked and uh, I, I jumped on it. Um, and um it was cool because the the level of intellectual curiosity in that room was probably the highest out of um, the majority of audiences that I've spoken at. You saw people from all different landscapes, all different career routes, startups, people that are more established in their careers, working for corporations. Um, and it was cool uh, to sit alongside um, two of my close friends, um, Eric, the CEO of Square, Megan, who founded a company called Ripe and um, present the message in tandem. It's like, it's one of those moments in life where you're like, how did I end up here? And I'm up here with two of my friends, which yeah, is kind of cool. That's so and cool. I, yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. Um, we have a question here. What is Break Barriers about? Yeah, if you want to give the context Absolutely. for people who haven't heard about it. Absolutely. Break Barriers um, is a memoir that I wrote, uh, you know, I, I hated using the word memoir, but I was forced to start using it. Um, and I wrote it with the objective of helping readers channel the mindset to overcome different obstacles, personal, professional, on the playing field. It's based on my personal story. Um, when I was 
I was born in Egypt when I was three years old. I was diagnosed with leukemia. And I talk about the mentality developed between the ages of three and 13 undergoing treatment as a young immigrant child and how that helped lay the cornerstone for navigating um, adult life. Mm. Love that every time. <laughs> yeah, so on that note, I'm giving my own plug. Get the book. <laughs> Perfect thank time you. to get the book. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so you guys know if you want to ask any questions as uh, Nahal did, that'd be great. And if you on your mind regarding writing, training, um, anything about Bashoy, but uh, was there anything else you wanted to bring up as well? Like any other things that's been like illuminating inside your head during this time? Um, no, I think I, I think that the main things are really around um, being mindful, of course, about how mm -hmm. different people are adapting to this kind of environment. Um, and uh, you know, I'm always going to be one to promote seeking opportunity in, in moments of disruption like this, um, whether that means, um, you know, doing something that perhaps, you know, I, I talked about, for instance, running 100 miles in a month, and you would think that I had already done that with all the marathon training that I've done, but I realized that I've never actually done that. And so, uh, yeah, and, and so even if it's just something small like that, in terms of setting a small goal for yourself, something that at one point you didn't necessarily have the time to do um mm. you know it's just building up that energy or that reservoir uh of realizing or uncovering potential uh is something that you should definitely drill down down drill down on excuse me yeah. um during this period uh because what's going to happen is if life does resume back to normal at some point uh you're essentially missing out on an opportunity to tap into uh what you're capable of in, in one way or the other just from a timing perspective mm. yeah i and i resonate with that so much because it was the other day when you know you talk about training you know i, I still have the aspiration of doing the iron man later this year and it's like you don't want to do it at times but it's those moments where you can decide that i will get it in and i will do it and it's like those moments that build you into like a tougher callus in your head and stuff you've been through, like to an extreme extent in your life, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I would really kind of hone in on, on that. And I would encourage, you know, anyone that that's listening in right now that, that, you know, needs personal tips on um, seeking out opportunity. I know there's a lot of people who want to seek out opportunity in moments like this, but struggle with it um to reach out personally for that kind of conversation because i'm always happy to kind of feel that um I, I always tell people that it's just extremely important to um warm up to the idea of discomfort uh because you know the more the more you get assimilated to it the more you start to learn about yourself mm. yeah that's exactly it. everyone i've talked to we did like all these q a's so far on ig live every single person has talked about how they've get to, they've gotten to know themselves on a deeper level. And it's just amazing to see. I was gonna ask as well, it's a very uh, overarching question, but can you talk about like the specific as to why seeking out discomfort is the way to go? Cause it seems like, you know, why would I go out of my way to put myself in pain? Um, but I would love for you to touch on that real quick. Um, so, it's not a scientific answer. It's more of a personal answer. But the personal answer is, uh, you know, I've learned over the course of a lifetime 
that every time that I've sought out discomfort, I've been really happy with the response in terms of what I've uncovered. And so whether it be from a physical perspective, from like an athletic perspective, or from even like a professional perspective where I've taken on roles that at certain points I felt highly unqualified for. Um, and what I learned is I can do it. And not only did I learn I can do it, but I've also learned um, how to handle my mindset around the people around me. Because, you know, you kind of go into those roles sometimes thinking, you know, you're down on yourself thinking you can't do something. And then you look at everybody else and you're like, I definitely don't belong around this group of people because like they're rock stars. But you slowly after kind of doing that time and time again, uncover the fact that everyone's figuring it out, you know, and um, some people may be further along when it comes to certain trajectories, but um, you have to keep an open mind around putting yourself in those situations. So like the reason why is because it's, hundred percent been successful every time for me so I, I have to talk about it as a proven concept yeah i uh i'm so happy the the way you answered that because i was just gonna ask <laughs> there's those moments where you have the imposter syndrome because the unknown is scary when you go into those painful situations but you 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 hit a grand slam with answering that one but um yeah i appreciate that a lot and i think that that's like a, a beautiful note to end it on um because i know there's a lot, a lot of ground covered here, but I think that's a, a good way to cap it off and have people go away with something like that. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. I really appreciate you uh, having me today. Yeah, thank you so much. It's awesome to talk. And uh, please, guys, if you, if you don't even buy the book and don't even check it out, just like follow Bashoy, always putting out positivity, continue to be a light. But uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Good have talk. a good one. Take care. All right. Bye.